The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Granium, the new nutritional sand from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. How was Granium invented? Back in 2016, our chief scientist got drunk and fell asleep face down on a beach. That night, he ingested two pounds of fine white sand. Aside from waves of abdominal pain, he was fine and Granium was born. For 10% off your next Granium order, use the code EATTHATBEACH. Hello, and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine, brought to you by Granium Nutritional Sand. In this month's edition, I speak to noted adventurer and outdoorsman Tusk Henderson. Best known for his much-loved TV shows Henderson's Relish and Tusk's Progress, Tusk has been trekking, snowshoeing, climbing and kayaking his way across the world since the early 2000s, and this year, during an expedition to the South Pole, he finally became the first person in history to drink his own urine on all seven continents. However, this week his achievements have been called into question after it was leaked to the press that, unknown to the viewing public, rather than facing the elements alone, he'd taken a cow with him on all of his expeditions. As a result of the revelations, he's been dropped by North Face as the celebrity face of their outdoor clothing product line, and he's had to return his golden crampon, the most prestigious award an adventurer can receive. I spoke to Tusk earlier this week down the line from a studio high in the Andes. Hello, my name is Tusk Henderson, and I am an outdoorsman. As a big fan of him personally, even though I knew it was my job to roast and probe him about the cow revelations, I couldn't help but start by asking about his prodigious piss-quaffing. I mean, people always cite the uh, urine drinking, but, you know, can you believe we live in a day where people charge money for water? Hydration is literally at hand wherever you go. and So you see it as a kind of natural faucet? Well, sure. I mean, it, it's not ideal. It's uh, It's pretty tart, to be honest, or salty, depending on what kind of beef jerky you're packing, but uh, it, it does the trick, you know. It'll buy you three or four more days. If you get a few days away from a stream, you got to turn on the old spigot. And, you know, that's misreported sometimes. It's not always my own urine exclusively that I consume. So this week, Tusk, it hasn't been a, a good one for you, has it? Well, I mean, I've I've had a pretty decent week. Uh, I had a, an incredible ham sandwich on Wednesday that had, you know, when you get just the right amount of mayonnaise and it just makes your taste buds spark with joy. That happened to me on Wednesday. So what I'm alluding to is the you've been all over the the press this week um, with the news that. Um, well, I'll let you explain um, the revelations that have come out this week. Yeah, it's a big whoop, big news, you know. Everybody's got their, their knickers in a twist because they found out that I take my partner Pemberton on my excursions with me, and Pemberton is a Texas Longhorn. She's she's beautiful. She has a beautiful spirit. We've been friends for her whole life. She's 21 years old, and uh, I don't go any place without her. And somehow, you know, the the parasites at these tabloid New York 
timers uh, think that, you know, there's something untoward about having a companion on my trips. But would you not agree that it seems as if you think there's something untoward about it as well, because you have kept it a secret all these years? What I'm saying is that given that there was Pemberton the cow there the whole time, just out of shot, what was stopping the camera crew panning slightly to the right, taking in the reaction of Pemberton oh, to... okay, the... I got it. You're a, you're a gotcha. You're a gotcha journalist. Great. Digging in, digging right in there. Investigative journalism. All right, all right. She's my soulmate. Sometimes, you know, sometimes that can be another person in your life. Sometimes it can be your automobile. For me, it happens to be my cow. And I just would rather not communicate that to the world as part of my show. They don't need to know. Are you ashamed of Pemberton? Of course I'm not ashamed of Pemberton. She's she's my soulmate. I mean, her horns stick out side to side. It's 1.8 meters from tip to tip. Now think about how wide your lens would have to be to fit both of us, including her horns, into every shot. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's a cinematographical problem more than anything else. Well, I'd say that's one of the main obstacles, is it's a practical concern. Okay, well, well detractors uh, of yours that hearing this news are saying that the fact that Pemberton was alongside you for all of your exploits over the years devalues your achievements. And and that actually the the sense that you 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 scaled Everest alone is it less exciting once you you know that there was a cow there helping you along the way. All right. Now, okay, first of all, no one scales Everest alone. Okay. No one has ever scaled it all by themselves. You have at least a team of Sherpas, you know, most of these fancy pants alpine mountaineers they they have a whole support system they take vehicles up there and if you think about dragging a, a half ton beef cattle up to the top of a mountain that doesn't sound exactly like an advantage to me i mean she does provide a lot of body warmth at night we do spoon but i mean that you know do you have any pets they're they're wonderful they're they provide an incredible spiritual salve when you can just curl up and take a nap tucked between their hooves. I understand what you mean, but I think many people are saying, listen, a cow with you on the mountainside is like a Swiss army life, isn't it, of the animal kingdom? It's got everything. It's got, it provides you with nourishing milk. It provides you with transport. It provides you with a morale boost when you look into its eyes. Well, that's a pretty crappy Swiss Army knife if it only has three attributes. You could use, you could use its horns to open a can. I, I I can pop a, a bottle of beer on on the tip of her horn, and she's also really good at uh, cracking walnuts. But you know those are not the most practical things to take in a backpacking excursion. Some people take a Saint Christopher medal around their neck. Well, heck, that provides a lot of comfort, you know, and that's a lot lighter than my cow. So I don't I don't I don't know where they get off. You're saying in a, in a way that that having that large beast with you at all times actually made it harder to do some of the things you've done over the years. Well, think about it. Think about fitting yourself a month's worth of provisions and a half-ton cow into a kayak. Okay, well, let's talk about Pemberton. Um, it sounds like you've got an amazing relationship. Where did you first meet, and uh, what would you say your relationship is with, with Pemberton? 
Well, uh, she's descended from the original Longhorns, which were actually brought to America by Christopher Columbus uh, in 1492 by way of the island Hispaniola. Those cattle then came across to Mexico and up into the land that became known as Texas, and uh, part of that breeding line has been carefully preserved, and I was on a vision quest uh, in the Rio Grande National Park. I was, I'd consumed some peyote, and I was uh, speaking to my spirit panther, and he led me to this hidden ranch where I met Pemberton and her family, and uh, the older generations can actually communicate telepathically uh, in broken sentences. Their English is not great. You know, it's a mix of Spanish and English, uh, Spanglish, I think they call it. And I don't know if it was the hallucination or what, but they said that they wanted to entrust their daughter to me as a life partner. And I took on the challenge, and my life has been beautiful ever since. You, you describe Pemberton as, as a life partner. That's something that I think some people will be quite concerned about. Can you understand why that would be? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I've, you know, I know how people immediately think sexy thoughts when they hear the word life partner. But, you know, just get out a biology book and look up the schematics, the dimensions of a cow's vagina. It, it, does, it just doesn't make sense to even begin thinking about, you know, that's that's base, that's low bestial thinking on the part of others who just want to create a scandal wherever they can. I can love my cow and not have to think about, you know, having kids with her. And I imagine that that vagina is is packed to the gunnels with mountaineering equipment. No, no. I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, scratch her or hurt her up. So I, I just mainly fill it with uh, with oats, a, a big bag of oats. More from that interview later. But first, time for your correspondence. And this month we received a number of letters about Tusk and what he means to you. Julia Possett from Stockport writes, I've been a Tusk fan for years, and inspired by his example for my 40th birthday, I persuaded my family to join me on a wilderness camp in Alaska. Within 30 minutes of having set up our tents, my husband had been dragged away by bears, my children had disappeared into the forest, my parents had fallen into a frozen lake, and I was on my knees, vomiting uncontrollably after eating a dead salmon I found on the riverbank, barfing pink fish like one of those machines that fires tennis balls out, but instead of tennis balls, it's big chunks of rancid salmon meat. I prayed that Tusk would somehow come and save us, and incredibly, I looked up and there he was, driving towards me in a limo. The limo hit me at speed, and I lost consciousness, waking up hours later being licked by a moose. The moose took me in his mighty antlers and took me to the nearest hospital, where it was shot and I was saved. The whole ordeal was truly horrific, but now I feel like I can face anything. Whenever I'm having a bad day at work, I think back and realise that things could be worse. Thanks, Tusk, for that. Well, thank you, Julia, for that letter. Our next letter comes from Bob Possett from Alaska. Bob writes, My wife was always a huge fan of Tusk Henderson, and so for her 40th birthday she wanted the family to go on a camping trip to Alaska. Almost straight away my daughter had disappeared into the forest, my wife's parents had fallen through a sheet of ice into a freezing lake, and then to make matters worse, I was dragged away by bears. As the fearsome beasts dragged me away, I suddenly had a vague memory of one of Tusk's programmes where he explained how to fend off a bear attack. 
He had either said to play dead or to defecate. I couldn't remember which, and so did both. I went floppy, lay completely prone, and then soiled myself fulsomely, audibly filling my trousers with warm dung. The bears seemed to find this shitty ragdoll act funny, and I believe it was in that moment that the bears decided not to eat me, but to bring me up as one of their own. I've been living with the bears now for almost 10 years, and although I sometimes miss my wife and my daughter, and it's pretty boring when they all hibernate for five months, I've never been happier, and I have Tusk to thank for that. Very interesting, Bob. Our final letter comes from Trent Batt from Anchorage. He writes, Around 10 years ago, I was contracted by Tusk to drive a limo for him. I would drive him from where he was filming back to his hotel at night. One night, I was distracted by the horseplay that was going on in the back of the limo between Tusk and his cow, and I hit a young woman. When I asked Tusk whether we should stop to help, his answer was, Fuck her, I'm taking my cow to the casino. Thanks, Trent, and thanks to everyone who got in touch. More after this. Hiring can be a slow process. Café Altura's COO, Dylan Miskovitz, needed to hire a director of coffee, so he went to ZipRecruiter, posted his job, and found the best person for the role in just a few days. How? ZipRecruiter's technology finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-E-F. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And that web address once more, it is ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. Slash beef. Slash beef. In a world where meat was banned, only one man could stand up to the state. Oh my god, Slash Beef! I'm so glad we got Benjamin back from social services after that misunderstanding about your codpiece! I think it was understandable. I look like a pervert. I just can't believe he's back in my arms! Look at his little face, Slash Beef! Oh my god. What is it, Slash Beef? That baby. It's... It's not Glenjamin. Oh my god, Slash Beef! Slash Beef! That's right, I'm slash beef. ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. Now back to our big interview with outdoorsman Tusk Henderson. I just wondered whether we could talk through some of your expeditions, some of my favourites, and you can just confirm or deny whether Pemberton was actually involved in those. Um, sure, fire away. So you famously swam the Bering Strait? Yes. I mean, in a word, yes. But, you know, cows float, so you do the math. So she was kind of like a sort of meat kayak. Well, she uh, she did more of the work, let's just say that. You skied across the Sahara? Yeah. Uh, again, you flip a cow upside down, they make an excellent toboggan. And uh, famously, you, you swam from Holland to a different part of Holland. There was a lot of publicity around that. That was when I personally actually got into the whole Tusk Anderson thing. I bought the book. Of course, in the book, there was no reference to the half-ton Longhorn. Was she involved? E, well, yeah. She, you know, the uh, the seas are not particularly deep uh, in that neck. And um, I actually have trained Pemberton to walk on the ocean floor, and I stand on her back, and uh, generally I can keep my nose above water. So she's incredibly helpful in that regard, as well as uh, she's a great spearfisher, I guess t- together we are. I, I, I string a bowstring between her horn tips and I can fire a spear off the top of her head. 
and uh, took in some very delicious cod. So obviously there's millions of fans across the world. What would you say to, to those fans of yours who are now thinking, maybe I'll start following the exploits of a different adventure, maybe I'll get more into, into Bear Grylls, for example? Look, this this is all a complete misunderstanding. Every one of the uh, people known for exploring has some kind of hidden secret. You know, Bear, Bear Grylls has a, an enormous feral pig that he rides every place. If you ask anybody on his crew, I mean, I'm sure they've signed the non-disclosure agreements, but Bear Grylls is, is an absolute panty waste. That guy couldn't walk two miles without his beloved pig. Is there not a bit of a double standard here, though, Tusk? Because you're saying, on one hand, that Bear Grylls, you know, you're saying he's a he's somehow less of a man, maybe, for, for taking the pig out on on his expeditions, but at the same time, you're hopping on the back of your, of your cow. I don't ride my cow. I resent that, that implication completely. I don't ride my soulmate. This, this is my friend. Okay, Bear Grylls, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know these pigs. He gets a different pig for every show, and then they, they eat the pig at the end of the production. It's one of the perks about working for that guy is the incredible pork barbecue at the end of the show. So it's two entirely different things. I mean, there are there are adventurers who have secret scooters. There's a guy with a, an extremely large flying squirrel that he uses to get around. These guys are cheating. You know, they're putting one over. They're getting paid as though they're some sort of rugged, you know, tough adventurers. They couldn't be softer. But you are. You're the real deal. Look, I I make no bones about it. If if you want, if, you know, people want to follow me and celebrate my exploits because of my superhuman achievements, great. I would recommend you go read a book, get a life, leave me alone. I I didn't want to have some show. I didn't want North Face to make me the you know the face of their of their product line. Now they've dropped me because of this supposed scandal. You know. Patagonia is calling now. Like everybody wants a piece of me. I just want to get with my cow and go out in the woods and be left alone. So what's next, Tusk? What's next for you? How about uh, that's none of your business? Why don't I go on my adventure and hopefully there won't be a bunch of TV cameras chasing me around? I mean, you make it sound like those cameras are following you against your will, but I'm pretty sure you've employed those people yourself to document and then sell that as a TV program. When you, you know, achieve things like I have in my life, you get used to people chasing you around, you know, can can I get a picture, you know, will you, will you kiss my daughter, all that kind of thing. And I feel bad if they're going to go to the trouble of following me around and filming all of my exploits well, I want to give them a little something for their time. I mean, these are people, you know, I come to know them. I know, hear about their kids and their home lives. So I give them a little something out of my prize money. But look, we're we're heading down to New Zealand. We have another excursion planned. And then we're going to head over to Australia to mess around with some crocodiles. And I hope nobody, I hope nobody shoots it. You know, I would rather just do it for myself. Well, uh, Tusk, it's been a huge pleasure talking to you. As I said, I'm a big fan. And um, you know what? I hope from now on, when you're making those TV shows, whether it's against your will or whether it's at your instruction, that maybe Pemberton sometimes is in shot because she sounds like a beautiful beast. You know what? I'm I'm going to think about that because uh, it's always felt a little weird, you know, not having her by my side 
on camera. So if somebody does want to do some kind of show again, maybe I will throw my arms around her and, you know, sort of come out to the world. A big thanks to Tusk Henderson for that interview. And in case you listened to that interview and got ideas, we should say you have to have a very special relationship with a cow to store a big bag of oats in its vagina. If you try it with any old cow, you're likely to get hurt and your oats will be ruined. So, that's all we've got time for this month. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to our website now, where you can read all the usual stuff, as well as our off-topic section, where this month we asked the Archbishop of York Was Jesus any good as a carpenter, or had he taken his eye off the ball with all the miracles, etc.? So, until next time, beef out. Thanks to Nick Offerman. Hello, if you're a fan of Nick Offerman, and of course you are, He's currently on tour around the USA with his new live show, All Rise. I saw it in London a few weeks ago, and it's brilliant. So do check that out. Go to offermanwoodshop.com. Also, with Christmas somewhat looming on the horizon, a little reminder that Beef and Dairy merch is available. Go to beefanddairynetwork.com forward slash merch. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we, may, we are married... And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There is one... Weather? <laughs> one time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, the song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. <laughs> so check us out on MaximumFun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. (laughs) They will now. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right, it's called Who Shot Ya? A movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show, and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.